Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to my YouTube channel. My name is John Campia, and this is a companion video. What are companion videos? Well, I'm awfully glad that you asked. See, every day on the John Campia Show, Monday through Friday, we save the second half of the show to take your live questions. However, we often don't have enough time to get through all the live questions that get sent in. But if you sent in those questions and you supported the show by tipping, I don't want to leave you waiting too long to get those questions answered. So we gather up those unused questions and we address them here on companion videos. And helping me out here today, as she has been doing lately, is Kimberly Curran. Kimberly, thanks for being here. Great to be here again. Thanks, John. What did you get up to last night? What did you do with yourself last night? I hung out with my parents and we watched Judas and the Black Messiah. We were, was, Anne and I were just talking about that last night. It was so good. It's getting a lot of awards consideration. I envy yeah. you for being able to hang out with your parents because mine live two and a half thousand miles away. So I don't get to see. I, I did talk to them on. We bought. I've They're got my one of those, besties. Honestly. I've got one of those Echo shows. Yeah. And we bought one for my parents for Christmas. Oh, nice. So now we're just able to, you know, I'll be in my kitchen and I say, call mom and dad and it'll call them and my mom and dad will get together in the kitchen and hang out and talk to us. And I miss and that. And they know technology. So they're not like, oh, Dessa. I had, yeah, I had to send my sister over to <laughs> yeah. set it up for oh, them. Oh, that's so cute. But now all my siblings back home have it too. So we're all very happy. Nice. nice. Anyway. Okay, guys, listen, let's, let's get right into it. Lots of questions to get caught up on. So let's get started. All right, Kimberly, what are we starting with? This is coming from Richard Fairhurst. My AMC page still says on March 1st, 2021, AMC will reactivate all A-list memberships, remaining in a pause state. That is now two weeks away. Theaters aren't open in my area and I'm not vaccinated. Next week is time to quit for me. Well, I mean, what I would say is this. I really don't think that if they don't have theaters open near you for you to use your A-list, that they will charge you for your A-list. So I, I, I got to assume in the next couple of weeks that will change. But yes, obviously, if they're going to start charging you again for your A-list, which is the greatest thing to ever happen to film fans is AMC A-list. It's the best program out there. But if they do start charging you when you can't even go, even if you wanted to go, you couldn't because they don't have the theaters open near you, then yeah, they deserve to lose your business. And again, I think things will change, but yes, damn right. If they do, if they don't change that policy soon, it is time for you to leave it. All right. What's next? Christopher Chow says, John, first, I wanted to say Kimberly is a great co-host. Uh, yeah. Chris, Chris, Christopher Chow, AKA Kimberly Curran writes. Okay. Dad. Thanks Sorry. dad. <laughs> it's your dad. Thanks. I'll pay you later. Second, I know you don't like choosing one or the other, and these two shows are completely different, but WandaVision or Mandalorian, which Disney Plus show are you liking more? Disney Plus is killing it. Disney Plus is killing it. However, keep this in mind, too. I've had 16 episodes of Mandalorian, maybe 17. I think it's 16, whatever. I've had six episodes of WandaVision. I've got to see two completed season stories of Mandalorian. I'm still kind of just entering into the third act of the first season of WandaVision. So for now, I would say Mandalorian because I totally know what I have in Mandalorian. But ask me that question again after WandaVision is killing it. But ask me that question for now. I'll lean Mandalorian, but ask me that question again after uh, WandaVision is done. Actually, Kimberly, I know you watch both. Yeah. If you had to choose right now, which one would you say is the show you're enjoying more? The show I'm enjoying more is WandaVision. Yeah? Yeah, it's WandaVision. Yeah, because for me, um, I, I didn't read the books um, of Star Wars. And right. so every episode, I have nothing to be like, I bet so-and-so will show up. I bet so-and-so. Yeah. It's, it's very new for me in that way. Um, and so I'm just a little bit more connected to the history. Of There's WandaVision. more mystery when it comes to yeah. WandaVision right now. Yeah. yeah, that's true. All right, what's next? 
Dark Knight Rises says, yeah, took your advice and started watching Schitt's Creek. Good you on you. <laughs> you were right about Eugene Levy's look. A guy can change his game by ditching the glasses, combing the hair, and getting a good suit. Even in your 70s, chan- channeling Bob De Niro. I- I'll tell you, look, I've been telling everybody for a couple months now, I was very late to the game on Schitt's Creek. But it is one of the greatest... Look, no hyperbole. It's one of the greatest television shows of all time. When you combine humor, heart, emotion, uh, charm, it is simply one of the best TV shows I've ever seen. And Eugene Levy, I'm so used to seeing him, whether it's an SCTV or whether it's Splash or whether it's, you know, whatever the other, he's always makes himself out to be the awkward guy. And then you see him in Shit's Creek and his hair slicked. He's wearing the suit. He's in terrific shape so handsome he's in terrific shape and the dude looks like a million bucks i could when when i looked it up i couldn't believe it he was in his 70s i can't believe he's in his 70s he's like 72 or 73 or something like that well is he drinking and he looks better now than he's ever looked before Mm -hmm. anyway Mm -hmm. and his son is really daniel's like really a handsome dude too like and his sister who i can't remember her sister's name but she plays twyla in the show she's beautiful like that whole oh did you not know that's the real yeah, that's, that's Eugene a, Levy's daughter. I did not know that. Yeah, it's a whole family How affair. How did I not know that? Yeah. Wow. Why is Daniel's sister? Yes. I love the chemistry that they have. Now that you mentioned that they're really family, I love the chemistry that they have. You've got to have some real love there to... Yeah. and I commend him. Good imagine, looking imagine and great living family. living with your family and then having to be around your Golf family at work laugh. too. All right. What's, what's next? This is from Gotti Godfather. Hey, John, love your show. I agree with you about Man of Steel being underrated, but I also believe that your view of all film being subjective is a contradiction. If people's opinions of film is all that matters, how can a film be underrated? Underrated is is also a subjective position on a relative point of view, right? Like, so for me to say I love this movie or I hate that movie, that's a subjective opinion. Um, But for me to say... There's a movie I really appreciate that a lot of people dislike. I can say I believe that's an under an underrated movie. But but even still, underrated is not an objective measuring stick. Uh, It's not a different kind of uh, we're not changing the the um, outline of what the topic is. It's still a subjective proposition, right? To say something is overpraised or overhyped or underrated, that's still all from a subjective point of view. What is underrated to me may not be underrated to you. So no, the two actually work very, very much hand in hand. All right, what's next? From Gotti Godfather, I believe that there are aspects of filmmaking that make some movies superior to others, regardless of a person's opinion. I have no issues with people liking what they like. I like Dark Phoenix more than Wonder Woman, but can still see what makes Wonder Woman better. This comes down to this, Gotti. Uh, That's nonsense. And here's the reason why that's nonsense is because you say, I believe there are aspects of filmmaking that make movies superior to others. Oh, that's great that you believe that. The very fact that you use the word believe, it points to the fact that it is a completely subjective point of view. The person next to you may not believe that. You know, that's the thing. Look, again, the whole subjective versus objective argument comes down to this. Nothing can be objectively true unless it can be uh, quantitatively, empirically, scientifically measured. And if it cannot be empirically, scientifically, and specifically measured by a unit of measurement, then it becomes a matter of opinion. Whenever something becomes a matter of opinion, that is by definition subjective. Well, this movie's better than that one. Why? Because it's funnier. 
funnier according to who? You may have laughed a lot at it, but somebody else may not have laughed a lot at, at it. Things in movies and art of any kind strike us all in different ways. That's the beauty of art. You know, you can, I've said this before, you have 10 people standing around a piece of art and they see 10 different things, even though it's right there. So unless something can be measured, that tree is, you know, 17 feet, three inches tall. You can empirically measure that. That water is, you know, 110 degrees temperature. You can scientifically measure that to show the objectiveness of that statement. That joke was funnier than that one. It can't be measured. It can't be measured. It's an opinion. And if it's opinion, it's subject, it's subjective. End of story. All right. What's next? Coming from Murray Reach. Here's something I saw on some posts one year ago. Tom Brady was a free agent. Some people thought would retire. Leonard Fortunate was cut. Leonard Fournette. Thank you. That was <laughs> was cut by the Jags. Antonio Brown was in jail, and Gronk was a WWE wrestler. They all scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. I I know, right? <laughs> How crazy wow. is that? You know, one of the things they say about Brady, it's the Brady effect. He goes somewhere, they win, uh, and where he goes, other people want to go and play with him, and he just has a way. I mean, he's a lot like Wayne Gretzky was as a hockey player. He makes the people he plays with better. And that's just the crazy thing about it. And and I still remember when they signed. I'll, I'll say what, Kimberly, I'm not too I'm proud to admit this. I'm a big Tom Brady fan. I am. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of Gronk. But when this season was starting and people started saying, Tampa Bay is going to win the Super Bowl now that they got Gronk and Tom Brady, I'm like, time out. I love both of these guys. But Gronk has been retired for a year, and he's about 35 pounds lighter than than he was when he played before. He's not the same oh, wow. kind of massive Hulk machine that he was. Tom Brady is going to be 43, and he's still yeah. great. But Tampa Bay is a team that hasn't won a playoff game in 20 years. That's amazing. 20 years since they've won a playoff game. So I wow. said Tampa Bay is going to be much better. They're going to be they're going to be much better. They're going to probably make the playoffs and they're going to be very entertaining to watch. But don't for a second believe they're going to win the Super Bowl. And here we are. Tom Brady, ladies and gentlemen, Tom Brady. Wow. All right. What's next? This is from Greg Scott Bailey. Saw the perfect score. 2004, wow. Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson. I remember seeing it when it came out and thought it was just okay. With MCU glasses on, it's great to see 20-year-old pre-Steve Rogers <laughs> and Black Widow. Love seeing the evolution in actors. Yeah, listen, I, I got to admit, too, I, I didn't think that was that great of a movie. But you know what's really fun? Huh. Um Whenever I would go and cover like various Avenger movies and the uh -huh. junkets, like one, I was uh, Chris Evans was paired with Chris Hemsworth and I sat down and talked to them both. But another one I did, I was with uh, Scarlett Johansson and Chris Evans together. Oh, right on. And what I didn't know at the time, and th they actually told me that they had actually, they've been like BFFs since for like, like yeah, since for yeah. like over for a couple of decades. Mm -hmm. They've yeah. just been like the best of friends. Yeah. And they, they're they like, yeah, look at my text history. And it's like, it's all Chris. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it's all the messages are from Scott. Like, yeah. I never knew that. So it's getting that sort of insight, I think, helps you appreciate. And we've lived with these MCU characters for so yes. long yeah. that we feel like we know them. And, and then we go back and watch we them do. as little babies. Yeah, I love seeing that. And it's so funny because um, I love that he mentioned that because it makes me think of the Avengers... Um, the Avengers, the actors in other movies like um, 
Wind River had Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth, Elizabeth Olsen. Olsen. By the way, uh, it was a tremendously, tremendous that was a film. Movie. Tremendous film. They both did an amazing job. And then, Tom, by the way, the Punisher, uh, John Bernthal, he was in that too. He had, he had the small he was, role. He that's was. right. So it had yes, Punisher in there too. Right, yeah. That's right. Um, I think it's still on Netflix. Um, it's really good. But also Tom Hiddleston and Elizabeth Olsen were in a movie. I don't remember the name, but he played the um, country music singer, uh, very famous. And and I know the one you're talking about, but I never saw it. I is, forgot that. Is that the one where he played George Strait? Is it? No, really it good. I don't believe so. No, it was some it was, famous um, thing. I never not did Ro see it. Rogers? No, not Roy Rogers. I'm, I can't remember. I'm not big in country, so I don't remember. But I remember watching it, and I didn't know it was them two. And I was like, oh, man, I'm not going to be able to see through the lens. Compl I was like, I don't see um, Loki. <laughs> I don't see Loki. They did an amazing job. But I love seeing people like in the same movie. And they're both awesome. tremendous actors. All right. Yeah. What's next? Andrew Nathan says, hey, John and Rob. Keep up the good work. I just bought recently a Samsung 85-inch 4K nice. HDR TV and Yamaha home theater system. And I got to say, it's probably the best thing I ever bought. Anyways, just wanted to say thanks for everything you guys do. Hey, you know what? That's that's a nice setup. I wow. have, I bought about a year, a year to a year and a half ago, I went and bought a beautiful 4K HDR 75-inch TV. And it's great. And I, we had it above the fireplace in our old place. We just moved and there's a big wall in our living room. And we put our 75 inch TV up on that wall. And all of, all of a sudden, what felt like this really big TV now suddenly feels very small, very small. There's a, that's what she said joke in there somewhere. But all of a sudden this TV that I was like, oh, it's like every time I went to my living room, it's like this thing, oh, it's like being in theater. And now it's on this massively huge blank wall. And it's like this little thing in the middle. It's like, I might, I might have to look at trying to get an 85. I might have to try to look at the getting an 85, except they're still really expensive. So maybe I'll just yeah. wait a year till the prices come down. But we just got a, um, I don't know how many inches, 75 inch. Um, and it, it just looks, it's so big. I'm just like, Really? But now that we've watched um, movies on it and stuff, I'm like, this is amazing. And, and especially with movie theaters being closed, um, yeah. it's really actually great to, to have. That it's nice setup, to have that at but... home. All right. What's next? Ryan, Ryan, but says a film I believe is criminally overlooked is Steve Jobs 2015. The combination of Michael Fassbender, Aaron Sorkin and Danny Boyle is simply exuberant. Have you seen it? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I actually quite liked it. I, I'm I going Aaron to admit Sorkin. it's not one of the higher things up on my Aaron Sorkin uh, kind of stuff. The time periods they chose to cover that, like those one point here, one point here, one point here. They were interesting choices. I liked it. I enjoyed it. There was that other one they did with uh, who's the kid from that '70s show? Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, they did one with Ashton. They did a Steve Jobs on. It was actually called Steve Jobs, I think, with Ashton Kutcher. I wasn't as a big fan of that one either. Was that a Netflix original? No, I, no? I that one was theatrical, I believe. Oh, okay. And I haven't. I you know I. Anyway, I thought this one was better. I enjoyed it, but it, it's not for me personally. It didn't quite live up to the Sorkin standard or Danny Boyle standard for that uh, for that point of view. So, but I'm glad you liked it more than I did. Yeah, and again, I enjoyed it. Not saying I didn't, but 
you know, I just didn't love it. That's the only thing. All right, what's next? Dan Ketchum says, I never realized how much impact actors have on their dialogue. I happened to read the script of WandaVision 6 before watching the episode. It sounded so bad, I almost skipped it. But when I actually watched it, it was awesome. They made it good. See, the, mm, this is the thing. Sorry, I just had some Doritos before I started. Mm. Okay, so this is the thing, right? I remember... Uh, there's one example huge. I remember I read the script for the Liam Neeson and what's the name of the dude who starred in Avatar uh, Worthington? Sam. Uh, Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington. Right. Uh, Sam Worthington. Uh, not uh, Battle of the Gods. Uh, Clash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans. Yeah. I remember I read the script for that. You did. And I thought it was magnificent. I read that script and I thought this was before the movie came out. Yeah. And I got my hands on the script and I read it and I thought it was magnificent because be I read the lines in my own voice mm. and I saw things painted a different way. But with sometimes when the writer and the director are going through, they see it totally different ways. Mm -hmm. So like I could see it that if I did get my hands on the script of WandaVision, that maybe yeah, some of the dialogue on page would be whatever, but I'm not picturing like, I, I don't know how the showrunner intends for this to come across, and they're going to do it a certain way. And then you mm -hmm. put that certain way on these talented actors being guided by the showrunner primarily and then the director there on set. And it can turn into a completely different experience, a completely different experience. And that's why I had this debate with somebody once who was saying, you know, directors aren't that important. Uh, obviously, they didn't know what they were talking about, but directors aren't that important because, you know, you take one director off a movie, you put in another director, it's still the same script, it's going to turn out the same way. And I'm like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. no, it may be the same script, but it's going to feel totally different depending on, on how you approach it. And that is a great example of that, Dan. That's a great example of that. Okay, what's next? Eliah Desby says, I hope I said that right, John, I don't think you know how dark your WandaVision theory really is. If Wanda gets rid of all children, that would directly impact Clint and his children that he just got back. To lose them again and by Wanda, oh man. Well, I mean, yeah, boo-hoo for Clint, but there are also... And every other parent. Billions of other families <laughs> in the world. I mean, yeah, boo-hoo for Clint. I, I accept that. Yeah, no, look, I don't really think she's going to wipe out all children. But I still feel even though Spider-Man 3 is going to take place roughly eight to nine months after the events of WandaVision, I still feel like those missing children posters in there have something to do with something that's going to happen in WandaVision. I don't know that. I, I haven't been contacted by anybody until I'm just speculating as a fan, but I still think something is involved there. All right. What's next? Carolina 29593 says, good morning, gangbang crew. Hope all is well. <laughs> Simple question. Is Apocalypse from the X-Men series an eternal? Thanks. I don't know. He's one of the new gods. He, he's uh, he's related to one of the new gods. If I'm, if I'm understanding you right now, the reason they say good morning, gangbang crew. I One day there was this one time. There's a wonderful, wonderful Shane Black movie starring Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Okay. And one day while doing the show, I just, it's a little bit of a tongue tire, Kiss uh -huh. Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah, yeah. I accidentally said Kiss Kiss Gang Bang during the show. I have never, they have never, lip, lip, these, lip, lip, these animals lip, lip. have never let me live it down. <laughs> they have never let me live it down at any rate. Um, from, from, 
from the best of my memory, no, he is not an eternal. He is connected to the new gods. Now, mm. from what I understand, I mean, there is a connection between Eternals and an apocalypse. But again, uh, and I may be remembering this wrong. Rob is, is more versed in Eternals than I am, but um, but that's the way I remember it. I'm sure if I'm wrong about that, just look in the comments. I'm sure a lot of people are filling in, in, in the comments right now. All right, what's next? Anthony says, last week we lost the legend, Larry Flint, one of the originals of filth. <laughs> there was no finer moment than being a teenager and finding your older brother or father's hustler magazines <laughs> under the mattress and then realizing there was another world to discover. Uh, yeah, I remember I, I heard about that. And I remember, I mean, it's it's so weird because, you know, the passing of Larry Flint was in a way, I mean, it's comparable to the passing of Hugh Hefner, but the passing of Hugh Hefner w was obviously made a, a much bigger deal. When I think of Larry Flint, uh, just because I play poker, I think of the Hustler Casino in Los Angeles because it's a they got a really good poker room. Uh, so I, I have gone on, on occasion, gone played uh, some poker tournaments at at there. But yes, um, definitely his influence in in um, in entertainment and publications and stuff like that. Obviously, a lot of controversy surrounding him too. But yeah, I I did hear about that. Not to a lot of fanfare, but uh, it, it is worth noting. All right, what's next? This is from Brian Walmer. Hey, John, it seems to me that Feige is going by that old Roddy Piper saying of just when we think they have all the answers, I change the questions. That's the vibe I've been getting with WandaVision lately. Have you and Anne? Yes, that, those are the vibes we're getting. Look, I think they're, I think... He is basically doing, this is what he's doing. He's Alan Iverson making us break our ankles right now. He's making you think <laughs> one thing and then totally changing things. It's like, oh, it's all Wanda. Next episode, it totally ain't all Wanda. Oh, it's Peter from the X-Men universe. It's totally not Peter from the X-Men universe. Oh, she's got Agatha Harkness's bro. She's Agatha Harkness. That's still a question. I still don't think she's Agatha Harkness, but maybe she is. Oh, the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. or of, of S.W.O.R.D. is a, a, clearly a bad guy villain. It's going to turn out he's not a bad guy villain just a big like he is breaking our ankles right now he's fainting one way going the other acting like he's gonna go with a high kick then he shoots in for a double leg takes it down i mean this is what kevin feige is doing he is messing with our minds and he's doing it brilliantly and yes brian that is the feeling i'm getting right now all right <laughs> what's next Jesus says, in episode two, Wanda tried to talk to Vision about the radio message, Dottie, and other stuff, but he was high on gum. If she was aware, would have been would have been hiding this stuff from Vision. I don't think she was fully full aware at the start. I still think the hex was all her, but she wiped her own memory, but couldn't fool herself after the beekeeper. Also, people close enough not to be frozen but out of earshot of Wanda can get moments of freedom, so Agnes doesn't need to be special yet. Agatha Harkness original story? I, I still don't think this is an Agatha Harkness situation, but that is a popular theory and is one that very well could come to pass. The thing about the radio was this. I don't... I, th the thing was, when she was hearing the message, I think one of the reasons she was confused is... I don't think she had taken into account that Darcy figured out a way to send transmissions in. That's the thing. So it caught, I don't think she thought anybody from the outside could send a transmission in. So she's like, in her strange reality, isn't this odd? And then I think the reason she kind of withheld a bit is because she realized that there could be something more to this. But that's what I kind of write that off to right now. As far as the Agatha Harkness thing goes, 
There is. It's what there are a lot of theories that come in that I think, oh my gosh, you people are crazy. Mm -hmm. Like there's no basis for this. But then there are some theories that I may not agree with, mm -hmm. but you ain't crazy for holding it yeah. because there is evidence there that could lead you to believe that. The Agatha Harkness thing is one of those. And I'm starting to feel like Feige is giving us too many signs, like between the name similarities, the brooch, the fact that she's dressed as a witch. Yeah. It, it's a little bit too much. But where are you right now on the Agnes is Agatha Harkness theory? Do you buy that or do you think it's something Now, else? I had to do a little bit of research, but um, with the little research that I've done, I'm like, of course she is. Of course she is. <laughs> but I will say that's interesting about the um, vision being high on gum. You know what I was thinking the other day? Because I thought that was so weird that swallowing a piece of gum would mess with you so bad. And you know how things change when they come through the, yep. the bubble? What if someone on the other side, like, you know, Sword has been trying to help. Like the guy, I think it was someone at the table was like, hey, you want a piece of gum or something? It was somebody at what the table. What if outside of the bubble, that was some sort of pill when they were like, just get this in his hands. I think we can get him to help us. But would a pill because why would a piece him? of gum make you... First of all, what kind of gum equals three glasses of wine and where can I buy it? Does it come in rosé is what I would like to know. Um, but secondly, a piece of, swallowing a piece of gum is going to make you that loopy. It had to have been something outside of the bubble that they were hoping would help, but it ended up just jacking up his mind a little I bit. I honestly think the answer to that is as simple as... It was for the show. On, Remember, it went. It did <laughs> yeah. the X-ray of him, and you see the gum going like, through his <laughs> gears. Do, 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 do. Yeah. I think it was all just a part of the show. But I hadn't thought about. I mean, so I think at that point, Sword didn't even realize that Wanda was what. Yeah, at that point of the show, Sword wasn't aware that Wanda was doing it. They thought they had assumed at that point Wanda was still a victim in there. But remember, the beekeeper went in. Um, so, so what if someone? What if the beekeeper That's, wasn't the first one to go through the pipes? That's true. Oh no, no, they. He was the first one. Remember, they were having the debate about whether they should even oh, do it at all. Oh, you're right. It was the first That's time right. they sent somebody right. through. But still, I mean, there could be something there. Okay, what's next? Reagan Chris says, I would love to see an ad in WandaVision voiced by James Spader, Stark Industries. Wait a second, did we skip? Yeah, we, I think we skipped one. Uh, Nerdvenger? My bad. No problem. Sorry, Nerdvenger. That just means you're super special. Okay. Nerdvenger says, how likely will we get a time in a bottle or a sweet dream slow motion scene from Quicksilver in WandaVision? The two scenes he had in the two X-Men movies were great. Um, I think highly, highly unlikely yeah. for two reasons. Uh, for two very different and opposite reasons. Totally opposite or totally on its own reason, number one, mm -hmm. because I don't think this is Peter from the X-Men universe. So I don't, I don't think they're going to do that. Opposite reason. If it is Peter from the X-Men universe, and I totally think episode six shut the door on that, but if it is, then that would be beating a dead horse to death. They've already done that scene twice. Do you really do it again? I, I, I don't know. You have a thought about that? You know what would be great? What would that because, be? You know, and, uh, I, the, because they're twins, I, I don't remember which one it was, but whatever twin picked up his, his speed yep. when they were trick-or-treating... If the kid did it. Oh. And if it was to like a kid bop version of like I'll tell you what, heaven or something. I, that would be that, a moment. I would like that. I thought I think that would be funny. If they do that 
and mimic the X-Men scenes with Quicksilver. It would change so much. It would change yeah. my mind a lot about whether the that's actually Quicksilver. Like wide open. I might be like, oh, maybe it is really Quicksilver. We'll, we'll see what they do. All right, what's next? Reagan Crisp says, I would love to see an ad in WandaVision voiced by James Spader. Stark Industries brings you Ultron, a brand new AI-based home security system, keeping peace in your home. Ultron was made as a security defense measure for Earth, home, for peace in our time. This would make total sense because I do believe that we are going to get one more commercial. Because I think episode seven is the final sitcom episode we're going to get. So we're going to get one more commercial. And what's the one thing we really haven't had a reference to yet? Ultron. Everything other than Yo Magic has been a reference to the various tragedies in Wanda's life so far. And so Ultron is one that they have that is very auspicious by its absence right now. So I wouldn't doubt that at all, Reagan. I wouldn't doubt that at all. It'd be pretty cool if they did, especially if it was James Spader's voice, because Red Reddington has the best, best voice. All right. What's next? Adrian says, hey, John, I just wanted to wish my best friend, Pedro, a happy birthday. Nice. He introduced me to your show. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have known of this wonderful community. Happy birthday to the BFG. Thanks. Oh, that's so nice, Adrian. So listen, happy birthday to Pedro. May you have had a wonderful birthday. May you have a triumphant year of glory and goodness ahead of you. And a special shout out to your friend, Adrian, for sending in that nice birthday wish. That's really good of you, Adrian. Thank you so much for doing that. All right. What's next? Alex Phillips says, hi, John and co. If you've ever been curious about the core of British humor and what it's like for your average teenagers growing up in the UK, watch The Inbetweeners. It will have you in tears with scenes that would make even the Deadpool writers blush. I'll tell you what, I have been hearing from a number of people that Inbetweeners is something I should check out. It's something that I never have. Have you seen this before? No, a friend was telling me about it and I was like, I gotta check that out and add it to the long, long list of shows I gotta check out. But um, I have heard some buzz. That's the problem with having as active and great as a community we have i get so many recommendations that i it takes me a long time to get through but that is one i've heard before all right thanks a lot for that alex all right what's next luke says hi john been seeing recommendations for big sky my partner is a big fan of the book series and we love stories set out in the west i thought i would be up for it watch the first episode possibly the worst pilot ever (laughs) writing acting no bueno Thanks. You know, it's funny, Luke, because we were just talking about this the other day that I have been getting inundated with a lot of people. Actually, I have to I've bumped up Big Sky on my queue list quite a bit because I've heard from a lot of people. It's great, but it just looked trashy to me. So I I, but everybody's saying, check it out. You're the first person I've heard to give a little bit of a caution to that. So (laughs) so I'll keep that in mind. Thank you for, for giving that warning, Luke. I appreciate that. All right. What's next? Mike says, hey, John, I've been a fan since the last few weeks of the movie blog days. Oh, wow. That is going back a ways. Thank you, Mike. Deadline has reported that Disney's theatrical distribution VP Frank Peterson has exited Disney after 17 years there. Wow. I did not hear about that. Well, you know, here's the thing. There are still ongoing changes happening in Disney as a result of the Fox merger. Even though it feels like that happened ages ago, 
from the top executive suites down to the lowest coordinator positions there, there are still changes happening and trying to figure out, are there more redundancies? Should we move one person into such a position, moving other people out? I mean, when you have companies as big as those, it sometimes takes a while to shake out. And I can't help but wonder if Frank Peterson's exit either is, hey, listen, it's just time to retire. He's been in the role for 17 years. Maybe it's just time to retire. For all I know, he's only 50 years old. Maybe he's too young to retire. But uh, maybe that, or maybe it's still an ongoing result of the merger. It very well could be because there are still changes going on there. But that's interesting to hear. Thanks for the heads up on that, Mike. All right, what's next? Anonymous says, does this foreshadow a possible shift from the theatrical commitment that Disney had forecast during their investors meeting? Keep up the great content. Movie trailers, a love story was a welcome purchase. And as always, bring on the filthy. Oh, uh, thanks a lot so much for that, man. And for those of you who don't know uh, exactly what it is uh, he is talking about, I, of course, have a movie, a documentary that we spent most of last year making called Movie Trailers, a Love Story. And it is now available online, wherever you are, whatever country you're in at vimeo.com slash on demand slash movie trailers. But if you happen to live in the US or the UK, it's also available for you on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search for movie trailers, a love story, and you should be able to find it there. And right now it has a perfect five-star rating on Amazon. So thank you to all of you guys uh, who have uh, gotten the film, who have checked it out, and of course, who have been rating it and commenting on it. So thank you guys very, very much uh, for that. Okay, getting back to the topic at hand. Um, no, I don't think this indicates a change in their approach. I mean, they are clearly still very committed. As a matter of fact, Bob Chapek was just asked about, there were rumors going around about Black Widow maybe going straight to Disney+. Plus. Bob Chapek just came out, put that to bed, Bob Chapek being the new CEO of Disney. Uh, and saying, nope, Black Widow is a theatrical release. We are sticking with that. We just got the investors meeting, that big Disney investors meeting from last month where they laid out this huge theatrical plan. So I don't think it, it uh, signifies any kind of change uh, on that level right now. All right, what's next? Alan says, hi, John and Rob. Let's say Hayward has a connection to Thunderbolt Ross. Instead of Avengers showing up, how about some villains? Maybe Abomination, Ghost, Zemo, Taskmaster, Red Hulk, Melina, Rachel Weiss. I would love to see it. Well, here's the problem. What's the connection between how does Abomination, as I love Abomination, I can't wait for the MCU to bring him back, but what sense does it make to have Abomination pop up in a WandaVision series? There, there's no connection there. Uh, what connection does there does it have to have even Ghost show up? Like, that's still a huge question mark. What happened to Ghost after Ant-Man and the Wasp and all that kind of stuff? I mean, Zemo, maybe, but I don't think Zemo is somebody that falls under Thunderbolt Ross's jurisdiction since Zemo's not even a superpowered individual. He's just a really smart dude. Plus, we've got him coming up in Falcon and Winter Soldier. So I don't think that's going to play a part there either. Look, I think there are a number of, the, of these characters that we've had in the MCU up till now that are going to be making returns. I just don't see the logic in them or how it would possibly fit. It would feel very jarring and forced to have characters like that, specifically like Abomination, to just show up in WandaVision. So I doubt they're going to do that. But I do think they will pop up at some other point in the MCU, just maybe in a place they fit better. All right, what's next? Dex Star says, hello, hope all is well. Saw your doc and loved it. Thank you, Dex Star. Growing up in the early 2000s, my favorite trailer was the Pirates 3 trailer. <laughs> I remember being on comingsoon.net when they posted it and seventh grade, me went insane. Anyway, have a wonderful day. Yeah, the Pirates trailers, like, there are some trailers 
that just always do great, right? Transformers trailers, always awesome usually end up disappointing you. Kind of like Tinder pictures. Looks, looks great, ends up disappointing you. Um, but I, I think like Pirates of the Caribbean, listen, I loved the first one. Wasn't a big fan of most of the ones that came afterwards. It is what it is. But yeah, in that era, there were so many of those that did that. I mean, that's and that's the job of a trailer, right? To, uh, dare I say, manipulate us into getting excited to see these movies and going out to see them. And man, there was an era when they did that so well. So very, very well. It's not often you see trailers that great anymore until Godzilla versus Kong, which I thought was like the best trailer I've seen in the last two years. But anyway, all right, Dexter, thank you again, man, for checking out my documentary. I really appreciate it, my friend. All right, what's next? Chris says, hey, John, love all you do. Thank you. you. Did you know that Jason Isaacs voices Zhao, the firebending commander who hates Zuko in Avatar TLA season one? I just wanted to mention that since I know you're a big fan of him and really enjoyed the animation series of Avatar. I had no idea that was Jason Isaac. We were just talking about Jason Isaacs the other day because he's in that show Awake. And of course, he played Malfoy's dad in the Harry Potter things. And he's in Star Trek or Star Trek Discovery. I love Jason Isaac. I think he's fantastic. I had no idea. Like, I know that. You know, Mark Hamill, I think it was Mark Hamill did the voice of the Fire Lord. Um, I know that in uh, Korra, Legend of Korra, J.K. Simmons does the voice of, I can't remember Aang's son's name, who's like now the new uh, Master of Air. Um, So I knew a bunch of those names, but I did not realize Jason Isaac was in there as well. Thank you for the little heads up on that, Chris. I appreciate that. All right. What's next? Chris Foster says, watch the Snyder Cut trailer, and I still don't understand the hype for this. It feels like a glorified director's cut of a movie that wasn't that good to begin with. I'm I'm wrong. Probably means if I'm wrong. Thank you. <laughs> if I'm wrong and there, there's more to cut that meets the eye, you inspire me every day. I mean, listen, I think, look, we know... Like, I didn't love the trailer. I did not love the Justice League trailer, but I thought it was perfectly good. I thought it was perfectly fine. I especially love the ending with Jared Leto's Joker popping up. I, You know, I've been excited to see Jared Leto back in that role. But it is, look, some people thought they should put none of the pre-existing material in the Snyder Cut trailer. To me, that would be making a dishonest trailer. There is going to be a bunch of stuff from the original film in this movie. So therefore, if you're going to make an honest trailer, you should put some of that in there as well. But I also think in that trailer, some people are criticizing there wasn't enough new stuff. I thought there was actually a good amount of new stuff. Like, call me crazy, but I thought there was a pretty decent amount of really new stuff in there. So I thought, personally, speaking as somebody who hasn't seen the movie yet, But it seems to me like they were trying to put together a trailer that was a really good representation of what the movie actually is. And on that level, I thought it was pretty good. Listen, people are excited about this because they've been wanting to see what was Zach going to ultimately do with it. And that's what they're getting. Now, maybe that'll be good. Maybe that'll be bad. I personally feel like people who already like Zack Snyder's DC films are going to like it. People like myself. But I also think there's a lot of people out there who don't like Zack Zack Snyder's style when it comes to the DC characters, and they're not going to like it. And that's perfectly fine. But again, I think the key is, was this an accurate, honest representation of the movie? And I, I think personally it did. And I think they had a lot of new stuff, but that's just me. All right. What's next? Gabriel Mengesha says, why do I have the feeling that Quicksilver is Ralph disguised? They mentioned him way too much in the beginning to just toss him aside. I feel like 
It's not in the show's nature to do that. Cheers. Well, we're only six episodes into the show. I don't know that we know what the show's nature is at this point. But by the, wh- why would Ralph need to be in disguise? We don't know what Ralph looks like. Maybe that's exactly what Ralph looks like. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe this Quicksilver character is specifically Ralph. And Ralph is another power behind the scenes in WandaVision. And maybe, maybe, maybe. One thing is clear. Ralph got mentioned a lot. And then we never see him. Now, maybe, here's the thought, Mm -hmm. maybe there's nothing to that because we've seen in certain shows, like that one Tim Allen show and uh, and Frasier as well, Frasier's brother Niles, he had Maris, eight seasons of that show. We never saw Maris. So maybe the Ralph thing is just a sitcom hook that they're just using. Yeah. Or maybe what is probably more likely... Oh, we ain't heard the last of Ralph. There is just like I think there's something significant with Agnes. I think there's something significant with Ralph. Where are you leaning on that right now? I I definitely agree with the latter. There's something to Ralph because it's just a little too mysterious. And the way she talks about him and um, no, Ralph is somebody. and, And the funny thing is, there's so many things that could happen with this show, you know, as we all know. But I think. Something that's going to be really interesting is when either the, the the bubble bursts or everyone comes out of it. It might not be like a huge reveal, but we might look at some people and go, oh, oh, you're from that. You know, so there Ralph, could be some Ralph might there. just be a, a familiar character because remember, like in terms of, um, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. and, um, you know, we don't know the personal lives of some people. So we might find out that maybe Ralph is... Maria Hill's brother. I don't know. I mean, could be, you know, it it just could be a a small thing, but there's something to it. for sure. All right. What's next? Casey McNatt says, hey, John, I have a theory of why the 90s was somewhat skipped in episode six this week. In the episode, Evan Peters, Pietro, told her, you've probably suppressed a lot of trauma. Well, Wanda was born in 1989 and her parents died in 1990. Let me find the second half of that. Where is the second half of that? Ah, so what if the reasons for us not seeing until not seeing the 90s in episode six was because that Wanda tried to suppress her parents' death and didn't want to d- cover the 90s because of her parents' death? Am I looking too much into this? What do you think? It, it, it's possible. It, that That is possible. A really good point. I I personally, though, I like the, what some, somebody else wrote in once and kind of rationalized out, which was, look. 60s to 70s, big difference in the television. Mm-hmm. 70s to 80s, massive difference in the television. Mm-hmm. Sitcoms of the 90s and the early 2000s, not a lot of difference. Not a lot of difference. And if I'm right, and that's a big if, but if I'm right, and episode seven is going to be the final sitcom episode we get, then that would mean from this 50s till then, one of the decades had to be skipped. And what better one to do than if you kind of make a mixture of the two, the 90s and the 2000s and kind of put that together in that one episode. So I personally feel like it's probably going to be something, a simpler explanation like that. But you never know, because like I said, what you're saying does make a lot of sense. So it could, they could it go that way. Don't know. We will have to wait and see. All right. What is next? Ardent Defender says, John, we love Kimberly as an addition to the show. Thanks, Dad. Okay, and okay, enough so of that. Enough do, of that. 
Thanks, Dad. I, you followed the rules correctly. Good. <laughs> and so do other show commentators. She has great energy, enthusiasm, lively personality, chemistry, and show input as a guest. Do you consider bringing her back um, as we'll let her know we like her on the show? Blah, 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 blah. Thanks, Mom. My mom and my dad are in the comments. Good job, guys. (laughs) (laughs) They just kept flooding. Well, your mom and dad must have like 40 different email addresses because they're like, they're spamming me. I set all of them up. Your (laughs) mom and dad are like completely spamming me at this point. All right. What's No, seriously. Thank you, Arden. I appreciate that. All right. What's next? Okay. Let me see here. Seems like Wanda has gotten into my computer. Hold on one second. You want to take that one? That o- Obi Brom? Is that what it can? Yeah, Obi Brom. Over here, yeah. One of two from Obi Brom writes, uh, Hey, John, big fan from Belgium. Thank you for writing in from Belgium. Jedi Council was my gateway drug, and I've been hooked ever since. That was fun, dude. Yeah, making the, the Jedi Council in that show at the time, that was a lot of fun doing that. Uh, Big loving shout out to Schnapp, absolutely. Anyway, I'm not a comic book reader, but I've learned that Secret Invasion was a big storyline with a lot of twists. How can they make it as interesting in a TV show without the big superheroes? My guess would be that every show and maybe movie will have at least one good or bad scroll in it, and those will be revealed in the Secret Invasion show. What is your theory? Well, well, here's the thing about that. I, I go back to this quite often, but it, it holds true with Secret Invasion as well. When you look at this big story in the X-Men comics, X-Men Days of Future Past, when they turned that into a movie, they took some thematic similarities, sure. But for the most part, that movie was totally different than the comic book story, like really, really different. When we look at Civil War in the comics, it yeah, the movie Civil War took a number of thematic things from the comic books and brought over a few thematic similarities. But really, if you want to go point by point into the details, it was a very different movie than the comic book version of that was like very, very different. If they do a secret war and I'm still not 100% sure they are, but John, I, I know, but just remember serpent society, everybody. That's all I'm going to say. Remember serpent society, but I'm not 1,000% convinced they're going to do Secret War. But if they do, here's the one thing I know for sure. It will be very different from the comic event of Secret War. That's the one thing you can take to the bank. There will be thematic similarities, but at the same time, it will be very unique and very different. So for me to speculate on how they can bring that Secret War story over, it's almost pointless to wonder because they're going to change it a bunch and so the question will be, how can what they do create be brought into the stream? What's, what, what is the story they're going to come up with? Because I think the only definite is that it's going to be different. How different? Not sure. But we will wait and find out. All right. Great question, though, Obi Brahm. Appreciate that, man. All right. What is next? Casey McNatt says, I also watched the Five Night at Freddy's ripoff called Willy's Wonderland starring Nicolas Cage this weekend. And you know what? It's pretty much what you would expect, but I actually liked it. It's better than the other movie we got. I think it was the Banana Splits. By the way, I, uh, have, did you see the trailer for this? I this, That this was Willy's... my Valentine's Day plan was to get some cheesecake and watch Willy's Wonderland. For some reason <laughs> that didn't happen. And so I'm actually watching it tonight. Yeah. Okay. I, I, when I saw the trailer, I was like, I can't wait to see this. Like, have you ever played Five Nights at Freddy's? I have not. Oh, so what you went like? into Willy's Wonderland like Oh, I just totally love his, I, I'm just addicted to his crazy. 
I'm just down for the, crazy. For the, the Nikki C. Crazy is, is oh, what I'm there for. This, this Willy Wonderland is a total ripoff oh. of this famous, famous mobile game series called Five Nights at Freddy's, which is basically Freddy's is this, you know, game amusement, kind of like in the Willy's place. Uh-huh. And then you're hired to be kind of like the night watchman. The thing is that these animatronic creatures come to life at night and oh. you're, the whole goal of the game is to survive oh. uh, these things. And they're making a Five Nights at Freddy's movie, but this thing is a total Five Nights at Freddy's thing, oh, but I still want to watch I it. I didn't know that. Oh, yes. Oh, so it's every kid's dream of getting um, locked overnight in Chuck E. Cheese. I am telling you, okay. whatever. Are you on okay. iOS? Are you on? Are you have an Android or an iPhone? I have an Android. Okay. Go into the Play Store, look for the Five Nights at Freddy's game, like the first one. Try it out. It's it, it, honestly Great. It's another creepy. reason not to go to bed on time. Yeah, no, no, no. And play it I made the mistake of laying, <laughs> I'm first playing it, laying in bed at night as I was going to bed. I'm like, this is actually kind of creepy. Anyway, you should I'm try that out. out okay, what's next? Ricardo Masca says, "Hey, John and Rob, first time tipper, long time listener. Thank you, Ricardo." Understanding Feige's five year plan with two years remaining, why can't they introduce? Fantastic Four, which debuts in two years. Also, in Avengers 2, Cap mentioned enhanced individuals. Oh, mutants could have been here, but covered up. Again, I think it's completely right. impossible for them uh, to to say that the mutants have always been around. I mean, it would be mm. it, it's that's that's kind of a non-starter for how to bring mutants into the MCU. Just saying they were always around. That Rob and I have gone over the huge laundry list of reasons why that just isn't feasible. Kevin Feige is going to have to come up uh, with something else. Now, listen. As far as Feige's five-year plan goes, one of the things I believe he is still sticking to it, but do keep in mind that he can always change his mind. Fantastic Four is going to come five years because they've just announced the movie and it's going to come out five years after Kevin Feige uh, said, I've got a five-year plan still. So perfect. But one of the things he could do, like a minor detail in WandaVision, clearly WandaVision isn't based on anything in the Fantastic Four, but a little minor detail to throw is like, okay, how about we say this engineer they're going to go meet was Reed Richards. And he's in for one episode, quick, in and out, yeah. done, get some buzz going. Now everybody mm-hmm. can talk about get it until Fantastic Four comes out in two years, right? You don't see him back for a so couple years. So they can absolutely do that. What I don't think Feige's going to do is like, they remember he had already started planning WandaVision by the, when he found out that Fox was going to get absorbed by Disney. What I don't think Kevin Feige would do is change his story to say, let's make this about Wanda ripping cells and people. And that's how mutants start. I don't think he's doing something huge like that, but a little thing that really doesn't take any planning or anything. Like say, hey, let's just say that this one guy they're going to meet is going to be Mr. Fantastic that he could do. Will he do it? I don't know. We will wait and see, but we'll find out soon enough. All right. What's next? Just Plain Steve says, funny how WandaVision has erased almost all talk of post-Endgame MCU hangover. The question of whether or not Marvel will still get people excited for their movies and shows seems to have been answered pretty succinctly. Well, the one thing you got to remember, Just Plain Steve, is it's not like WandaVision came out four weeks after Endgame. We've literally gone a year since Mm -hmm. having any MCU content. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, that's not to say that, oh, the only reason people are loving thing is because we just haven't had any MCU in so long. No, 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 no. WandaVision's excellent. That's the main reason. But but yes, there is a little part of this that, I, that is from 
Look, when you're dying of thirst, mm -hmm. even decaffeinated coffee tastes yeah. like sweet, sweet honey, mm -hmm. right? So I'm sure a little bit of our positive, of our positivity towards WandaVision is the fact that's like, oh, we're finally getting new finally MCU stuff. something. But yes, it is a combination, I believe, of the fact that we've had a year off of MCU stuff, combined with the fact that WandaVision is so different from anything we've seen in the MCU before, combined with the fact that it's really, really good. And uh, yeah, that is helping things a great deal. I have to say, when WandaVision, um, when the opening credits came on and the song came on, I legit teared up. Because, so did my wife. So did Anne. Because... We've been without, you know, for a year, but just it's not just like having the content. It's just the feeling that Marvel has brought us for the past 11 years. Yeah. And after the garbage fire that 2020 was like, imagine like in 2020, we didn't have one division and we were all like everyone's been experiencing, you know, yeah. ups and, down, and more downs than ups. It would have been awesome to have that in 2020. So it was like such an emotional boost to just hear the music and go, here we go. And My you know, happy days are here again. And in many ways, Mandalorian was that. Like we got into this, we got into the end of the year and Mandalorian fired up. And I remember when that did, a lot of people were like, oh my God, we needed this so bad. Needed it, yeah. We needed this so bad. So yeah. yeah. All right, what's next? Suthia says, hey guys, it was really great to see Vision as a whole again in the last episode. And not just seeing his face and arms, I've always loved the way his character aesthetics are. Do we think we'll see Vision costume in MCU? Continue? Continue in MCU as an upgrade, if you will? No, I, I think, um, listen, again, I, I hate to beat, beat a dead horse, but again, in Spider-Man Far From Home, which takes place about seven months after the events of WandaVision, and in Spider-Man Far From Home, which happens months after WandaVision, they clearly lay out that Vision is gone. Vision's dead by that point, which means... They can pull some sneakery. They can. But basically, that means Vision doesn't get out of this. I don't believe Vision gets out of this. I think he is. I, first of all, I still think Vision is dead. I don't, e I don't even think this character we see moving around right now is the real Vision. Hence why he can't exist outside of the hex. But um, even all that aside, whether this is the real Vision right now or whether it's not, Either way, he's not getting out of this. So I don't think we're going to see this vision moving forward. That's unfortunately my thought. And maybe they can pull a fast one. But for now, that's kind of my theory. All right. What's next? Jacob Sapweb says, hello, John. I know you touched on this last week, but I'm surprised they haven't announced a season two of WandaVision after the immense success of season one. Any theories where they might take season two? Thanks and have a great week. I'll tell you what, Jacob, I can tell you exactly what they're doing with WandaVision season two. They're not having one. Uh, they're, they're not going, there's not going to be a WandaVision season two. Um, they are calling it a miniseries. Uh, they're saying it's it's a one-shot thing for this show, at least. But huge success can make... You, know, you can make a movie. Joker, for example. That was never going to be a sequel to that. And then all of a sudden, oh, we win Academy Awards and made a billion dollars at the box office. Guess what? Say the student execs, you're making a sequel. Maybe that could happen, but here's the thing. The biggest part, besides the fact that they've always said this was going to be a one-shot thing, this was a limited series, this was a mini-series, there's no coming back for Wanda. 
I believe, and I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong. But I'm just saying, this is where I'm th my thinking right now. Bummer. I believe she's going into Doctor Strange season two as the antagonist, and I do not believe she's getting out of Doctor Strange season two. And there, there's certainly no coming back for, for her to being a member of the Avengers again, and everything's cool and everything's fine. I don't see that happening again, especially I think the worst is yet to come in WandaVision. I think the worst is yet to come. Wanda may have done some really bad things so far, but I think that's nothing compared to what we're going to see come. So for all those reasons, one factual, one speculative, I don't think we're getting a WandaVision season two. So then don't worry. Listen, Kevin Feige has so many properties that he's trying to make. There's only so much they can do at once, even with the huge team then the growing team he's having. But we still have Hawkeye. We still have Nick Fury. We still have uh, what? What's the uh, what's the roadie one called? What's the uh, the war machine, war machine one called? Battle armor or war armor or something yeah. of war, whatever. We still got She Hulk and we still got Miss Marvel and we still got Moon Knight and we. I mean, oh, we've got so many things coming. I don't even know they'd have room to do a Wandavision season two. So yeah, my thought is we're not going to get a Wandavision season two. So enjoy it while it lasts. And maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I'm thinking. All right, what's next? Lil Uzi, ooh, hold on. Lil Uzi Vision. <laughs> I love that name. How likely is it that we'll get a Venom and Deadpool crossover? It's one of the crossovers that I would love to see. I think Reynolds and Hardy could play off each other really well. If it were to happen, would Feige be in charge or would it be a Sony thing? It would be a Sony thing. Anything involving Venom is going to be a Sony thing. Um, it's a big question because right now the the huge question mark over everything, particularly with the Sony Disney arrangement, is what is the future of the Sony Marvel partnership? Because remember, back by at D twenty three, they had announced that they're ending their partnership. Done. No more Spider-Man in the MCU, they said, blah, 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 blah. And then, of course, back channel, they made a deal. Great, we've, we've signed another couple of film deal. What happens when those films run out and they're getting close to running out? What happens? Do they re-up again? I certainly hope they do. I think the partnership between Sony and Marvel has been great for both parties. At the same time, Sony has been working very hard to develop their Sony-verse with Venom, Morbius, Kraven's coming, and then they'll just bring back in Spider-Man if they want. So it, it depends. If Marvel and uh, Sony are able to re-up their deal, then it increases the chances that we could see Venom and somebody like a Deadpool. But there are so many characters, and there are so many possible combinations. I, I give it maybe a 10% chance. It would be fun. I, I, I would be down for seeing it, but I would give it about a 10% chance. That's, that's where I'm sitting on that right now. All right, what's next? Andrew Nathan says, John, wow, the trailer for Zack Snyder's Justice League got me so pumped. I got to say, I would... I would really wish WB didn't get scared off by Zach's five-part movie plan, starting with MOS to JL part three. I'm so glad we're getting to see this film. Here's hoping for more. Thanks. Well, of course, look again, and, and I say this as one of the few people out there that actually liked every single one of Zack Snyder's DC movies, particularly Man of Steel. But the reality is this, it wasn't working. I mean, it worked for me. But he put out Man of Steel, masterpiece, by the way, put out Man of Steel. Half the audiences hated it. Half the critics hated it. I, I still to this day, I can't mention I, every time I mention how much how good I think Man of Steel is. I get inundated with it's crap. It sucks. And that's fine. It's all subjective. It's cool if you dislike it. But 
they're financially the films were underperforming critically they were getting bashed half the audiences weren't buying into it and weren't liking it and it was leaving them kind of a mess i mean listen it if when you have a movie called batman versus superman that should be without question in your sleep a billion dollar film that should be a billion dollar i mean you shouldn't even have to get out of bed and be able to make that movie a billion dollar film there that movie should have had the potential not that it had to hit it but the potential to be a two billion dollar film the two most iconic superheroes in history batman versus superman that prints money and it underperformed it didn't deserve to underperform but it underperformed it got blasted by the critics half the audience hated it and so you you just it, it doesn't matter how much i like them or you like them that doesn't excuse us from taking a step back and looking at reality and the fact is it wasn't working you know disney or wb is then looking across the 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 uh the street at disney's offices because the warner brothers and disney they both have their offices here in burbank i still said here in burbank as if i'm still living in burbank i moved but it's it's not like they're looking like warner brothers executives are looking over there saying like everything they're doing they're crushing audiences are loving them they're making big money even on obscure stu- what the hell is a guardian of the galaxy what the ant-man they made a movie called Ant-Man and the critics and audiences liked it and it made money. It. What? And they couldn't get Batman versus Superman to make a billion dollars. Not that billions of dollars, not that a billion dollars is easy, but yeah. And look, for me personally, I'm looking forward to seeing it. It's Zack Snyder. He's only ever made one film in his entire filmography that I haven't liked. That was, that was a uh, sucker punch. Um, but other than that, I've liked all the rest. He's made one of the greatest comic book movies of all time in, in Man of Steel. But I mean, you got to understand why Warner Brothers decided to move on. If they stay, they say that the definition of insanity is repeating the same pattern and expecting different results. That would mean that Warner Brothers would have been insane to just keep going ahead with the Zack Snyder DC verse because you just keep doing it. And just you just think next time it's going to be different. All of a sudden, the audiences are going to love it, and all of a sudden, the critics are going to like it, and all of a sudden, it's going to make the kind of money that they deserve to make. Guess what? They made, they made Aquaman, Kimberly. They made Aquaman. I know. The guy who talks to fish. Yes. And that made a billion dollars. Aquaman. You ever, you ever see the family? I don't know if you watch Family Guy much. But did you ever Not see much. the Family Man? Oh my gosh! There's this Family Man, Family Man, Family Guy bit, uh-huh. where one guy said, you know, they do these cutaways like, oh, it's as useless as this. Well, the two characters talking said, man, that's that's almost as useless as Aquaman. And they cut to this scene of a, a girl jogger who's about to be assaulted by a guy. It's like. Uh, I've got you now. And she's all running on the beach. And then out in the water, Aquaman st- sticks his head up and says, hey, you, you leave her alone. She's like, Aquaman, help me. Hey, buddy, you better leave her alone. You, you, you better not come in the water and try to do that. It's not his jurisdiction. And then he picks up a, a starfish and throws it at the guy and it doesn't do anything. And it's like, and that's a, but Aquaman made a billion dollars. Look, Superman's got this guy. 
Batman's got land. Somebody's got to cover water. Someone's got to cover need water. Aquaman. And they and made we him. Need Aquaman too. And Aquaman's great. I, I had fun with Aquaman. It's a really good movie. It yeah, deserved a billion dollars. Yeah. But I mean, I I, I don't know. And look, <laughs> I, and to me, the trailer was okay. I, I I it was great with Jared Leto at the end. The rest of the trailer was okay. But uh, we'll see what's going to happen. I, I I I'm looking forward to checking it out. See how it turns out. All right. What's next? Anonymous says, hi, John and Rob. Kim stole my theory. I think a scroll is working for Hayward slash Sword. Maria Rambeau founded Sword, so there is a connection. That would explain why Billy thinks Pietro is a vampire. Scrolls look a lot like Nosferatu. Well, I, I don't think they were insinuating that Billy saw him in a scroll form. I don't think that was the implication there. Um, but yeah, no, listen, that is absolutely true. Since Maria founded sword and she obviously has a connection to the scrolls it is very possible nay likely that there are scrolls involved with sword now again rob and i talked about this a little bit today How, where do they go with secret war because at, right now like the big switcheroo that captain marvel made was that we have always seen scrolls as these uh, obviously secret wars they're they're antagonists or mm -hmm. villains mm -hmm. they changed they flipped the script and said Scrolls are actually peaceful people. They're they're being oppressed and and, and persecuted by the Cree. Felt their struggle in Captain yeah. Marvel, yeah, and, and and by the Cree, mm -hmm. and they are now allies of Earth. Mm -hmm. So, like, where do you go with secret wars? I, like Rob brought up a good point. Maybe there's different factions of them. Yeah. True, or maybe the Cree become that. I don't know, but I think you're right, Anonymous. I do think at some point. We're going to see that uh, somewhere within S.W.O.R.D., I don't know if Hayward is one of them or not, we're going to see a scroll or two, but they're probably good guys. Uh, that's my guess. All right, what's next? B. Sizzle says, hey, John, with regards to the Gina Carano situation, do you think... Just oh, kidding. God, B. Sizzle, <laughs> you had me. It's like, really? Again? Do we need to keep talking about this? Okay, thank you. LOL. I think you've answered enough of those questions. I tried Zevia this week. It's amazing. What is your favorite flavor? I love the show. Keep up the great work. Ah, well, honestly, first of all, uh, Zevia, sponsor me, you sons of bitches. I give them more free publicity than any marketing they've ever done, those ungrateful bastards. But yes, <laughs> my favorite, I, I do have Zevia in my, my cup right now. Uh, I've tried just about all of them, and most of them are really good, but my favorite is just the straight-up cola flavor. For those of you who don't know, um, I had to get off the Diet Cola thing you know, when I'm realizing like, how much crap is in the, the uh, artificial sweeteners. And what I had recommended to me was Zevia, which is uh, zero cal, but also no artificial sweeteners. And I did some uh, cross-referencing of it, and it was like it looked like a really good alternative to soda. And so I kind of got hooked on it, and now I'm really into Zevia. So I'm glad you like it, Beezizzle. I'm glad you like it. Thanks for sharing that with me. And again, Zevia, sponsor me, you sons of bitches. Make sure you guys hashtag Zevia on that all the time. All right, what is next? War Doctor 10 says, Hi, John. You really need to watch Malcolm in the Middle. I believe it's on Netflix, but Brian Cranston is comedy gold on that show. You know what? I never heard anybody tell me that before, but Anne was. Anne has been very much on the train of trying to get me to watch this. And of course, with Brian Cranston, and I'm a big Brian Cranston fan, so I'm going to have to. You're shaking your head at me. Like, it is, no, I'm giving you the shake, like, yes, it is huh. Hilarious. It's really that good. It is so funny. And um, the child actors on there, they're comedic. To, I mean, they were children. Frankie 
is it Munez? Munez as uh, a full adult now, but as kids, their comedic timing was like spot on. And Brian Cranston is so funny on that show. That's why <laughs> when I saw Breaking Bad, I was like, because people that know him from Malcolm in the Middle, it was such a slapstick comedy. It was so like, what? Um, Malcolm in the Middle is comedy gold and it is on Hulu. All right. Uh, let's move on here. What's next? John's long lost brother says, do you think that if Jack Snyder's Justice League is well received, it could change some people's opinions on Batman versus Superman? No, I don't. And I, I think it goes both ways. Let's say everybody wants to write and say, if Justice League is great, if Justice League is well received, if everybody loves Justice League. OK, let's go the other way. What if Justice League sucks? What if it's terrible? What if it's awful? I don't think that's going to happen. I'm just saying, do I think if it's terrible, it will make people dislike Batman versus Superman? No, it doesn't matter what happens with this Justice League thing. Batman versus Superman is Batman versus Superman. And if I end up hating Justice League, it won't change the fact that I like Batman versus Superman. And I think there's going to be most people will be in that boat. But I also believe it goes the opposite. If let's say for whatever reason, magic happens. Okay, the fairies descend from the forest above and bring the magic pixie dust. And all of a sudden, everybody who didn't like Zack Snyder's DC stuff magically starts to like it. Okay, let's say that happens. I don't think it will change their minds if they didn't like Batman versus Superman. I don't think that's so. I think if it's terrible, it's not going to change people's minds who already like Batman versus Superman. We're still going to like it. It's its own movie. If Justice League is great, I don't think it's going to change any minds who didn't like Batman versus Superman. They already saw the movie and they didn't like it. So I don't think positively or negatively it's going to change much when it comes to Batman versus Superman. It's its own movie. It's its own experience. I thought it was good. Doesn't matter what Justice League does. Justice League could be the greatest thing ever. It could be the worst thing ever. It's not going to change my opinion that I like just that I like Batman versus Superman. And I don't think it'll change many people's opinions. So that's just my take on that. All right. What's next? Brian Walmer says, I know this may not be a big deal, but just wanted to get your thoughts on Netflix getting the rights to show the 2021 My Little Pony movie after Paramount after Paramount originally was going to put in theaters. Do you think this COVID re this is COVID related or something else? My little pony's a headbanger. <laughs> I don't know if you're, there's a friend of mine did a song about that once. Uh, no, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I remember what's his name? John Delancey, the guy who played Q in Star Trek, the next generation. I think, oh, yeah. I think his name is John Delancey. John Delancey was in my studio once. And we were hanging out in, in my office. It was the first time I ever met him, but he was there for a film festival cool. and he had about an hour to kill. So he came into my studio with me and my buddy, Dennis Zen. And we sat down, we just started chatting. We were like, what, what, what are you working on right now? And he was telling us, he goes, well, I just did a, this documentary about something I'd never heard of before called bronies. Do you know what a brony is? Are they my little pony fans? A specific kind of fan. Guys? Grown men who are fans of My Little Pony. And hey, no judgment from me. I'm I've got I've got toys. Young, if that's what you, if, I've got toys okay. all over my office, okay? I, I mean I, I've got like Harley Quinn up there and Joker and I got my Jarrell. The so, toys hey, smell good. No, no, no judgment from me. Bronies. And my wife who at the time, my wife used to work at Hasbro, so she's like, that's awesome. But yeah. So the thing about bronies is I have never heard of this phenomena. Okay. okay. Never heard of okay. it. And I did, it opened my eyes. Like, it, and John Lance is like, listen, man, I hadn't heard of this, but my little ponies are big, man. Like they're big. And 
I, that kind of opened my eyes to it. And then wow. when my wife started working at Hasbro, I started to realize she's like, yeah, really, the My Little Pony thing is still a big deal. Really? And so apparently there's some new lo look. Do I think this is COVID related? No. Unless Paramount has a history of ditching their movies onto streaming services. I don't think My Little Pony is going to be much of a deal. So my guess is it's probably not COVID related. I think it's totally straight up. They just dumped it off onto Netflix. That's my guess. I don't know, but that's just my guess. All right. Thanks for writing that in, Brian. What's next? Bill Dozer MHK says, I think WandaVision planned to have a fake Pietro using the recasting trope. But when Disney bought Fox, Feige found a way to really F with us. <laughs> this Quicksilver isn't Wanda's, but he's not the Fox Quicksilver either. Just the writers having fun at our expense. I pretty much a thousand percent agree. I believe the fact that they cast Evan Peters to be the faux Quicksilver was just a massive number one, wink to the fans, and number two, massive misdirect. To keep our attention on one thing, it's like three-card Monty. Look over here, look over here when you don't see what's going on over here. That's what it is. We've all been looking Pietro, Pietro, Pietro. Oh, the X-Men have just been brought in. No, they haven't. But then again, listen, maybe they do. But for now, for now, ask me again after episode seven. But for now, I completely agree with you, Bulldozer. I totally agree with you. All right, what's next? All right. Philippe Desamoris, yes, says WandaVision equals AV LVL threat. Yes, but who who to call today? Tony slash BW dead. Hulk in a sling. Thor in space, Sam with WS doing whatever their show will be, SM back to HS, Hawkeye just... Okay, so you stop right there for a second. Guys, enough with the abbreviations. Do not write, because we, like, we're, we're trying to read through your stuff, and I appreciate that, but when you're just constantly putting in abbreviations, that means we got to stop, think about it for a second. What is it they're writing? I'm not really sure. Please do not use abbreviation. I mean, maybe once in a blue moon, but like this thing is like filled with abbreviations. So please don't do it. It makes it far too difficult for us to read and to try to get through. So we will try to muscle our way through this here. But guys, in the future, please don't because it, then we got to waste time trying to figure it out and make sense of it. So again, please do not write in abbreviations. All right, let's try to get through this one, though. Okay. Let's keep going. Hawkeye just got fam back three weeks after Ronining five years. HQ is dust. WM back to Air Force. It took Monica three weeks to report post unsnap. Might take a while to get help. Vehicle and preview charging into snap had features similar to one made for Quantum Realm by Pym. Talk of show. Oh, that one's rough. Okay, so basically, though, the gist is, if I understand you right, Felipe, is that, okay, yeah, it's an Avengers level threat. We've been saying they should call an Avenger. Who should they call? Well, there are a couple of people on the playing field. One is Professor Hulk. Yes, his arm is in a sling. Maybe not anymore. He does have a massive, massive healing uh, factor. Like, the Hulk has a massive healing factor. But then again, these were infinity stones. But even if he's in a sling, you can still remember, this isn't mindless rampaging Hulk now. This is Professor Hulk. You totally still bring in Professor Hulk. I mean, he fought in the Battle of the Portals with his arm in a sling. So he can come in and consult. Hawkeye, listen, I get it. Oh, you can't bring in Hawkeye because he just got back together with his family. Guess what? This is now a global threat. You let Hawkeye know, um, there's a threat to your family here. This is a threat for everybody. That means your wife and your children are in danger. 
we need you to talk to Wanda. That's two things. It's mm-hmm. Wanda, who he's close with, mm-hmm. and thinking he just got his kids back. You think he's going to let anything threaten them right now? Mm-hmm. No way. Hawkeye would be there. Doctor Strange is somebody, and some people speculate that it is going to be Doctor Strange there, right? So getting Doctor Strange, that could be a possibility as well. So I still think there are a lot of cards on the table. Uh, by the way, you have Rhodey. Rhodey is still completely on the table. That's possibility. You don't think Nick Fury has, you don't think the government has a way to get in touch with Nick Fury and Nick Fury doesn't have a way to get in touch with Thor or whoever else he needs to deal with. So you're right. There are extenuating circumstances with a number of the characters for sure. But I still think there are other options there on the table that they could instantly reach out to if they needed to, Flippy. But we'll see. Let's see where they go. I still think Hawkeye has a chance of showing up in this series. I totally think he does. Yeah. I totally think he does. And it, and it would make a, a lot of sense, you know. And we don't have to wait for anything he's doing five years down the line. His his show's right around the corner. So it, it makes sense. Yep. Yeah. All right. What's next? The great Jeff Roy says, did the promo for WandaVision episode seven just spoil Magneto? Just so you know, uh, great Jeffrey, that I did get some people tweeting that to me. That promo was fake. That was put to, that was fan made and fake. So don't worry about that. All right. What's next? Alan says, hi, John and Rob. Did you see the newly released Godzilla vs. Kong teaser? Your boy Kong, eventual loser, getting his butt whooped in this one. What do you think of the teaser? Come to the light side and believe in Godzilla. Hashtag Team Godzilla. It's all Kong, baby. The world, as they say in the trailer, the world needs Kong. And that little girl is going to tell him, get up, do it for me, Kong. He's going to get up. He's going to beat the living shit out of that lizard. That's what Kong's going to (laughs) do. Um uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and it was great. It was great. Not nearly as good as that. Uh, and it was shorter, too, but not nearly as good. That I'm telling you, that first Godzilla vs. Kong trailer, it is the best trailer I've seen in about two years. I, I, I haven't had a trailer take me from being so completely indifferent about a movie as I was about Godzilla vs. Kong, because I didn't like Godzilla King of the Monsters. So I've been, eh, well, we'll see, we'll see. But that trailer, that got my engines revving, man. I mean, that thing was visual Viagra. I'm telling you, that thing, that trailer was so good and so blood pumping and exciting. You wanted to beat your chest and say, yeah. And it looked great. And I cannot wait to see this. I'm just very, very excited about it. All right. What's next? Cyrus Greycloak says, what if Mordo, maybe with a little help from Dormammu, is the villain in WandaVision? He feels there are too many sorcerers. He stole Jonathan Pangborn's magic, Ben Bratt, and he's sort of the logical progression coming out of Doctor Strange 1. Uh, well, look, we've speculated a lot that maybe we see Chutel Edgy Forest Count Mordo, but remember, he's not working Dormammu. Remember, Chutel Edgy the reason he turns bad against Strange is because he feels they're just breaking the rules too much. And he ain't about to work. He hates Dormammu. Dormammu is an, is an abomination to him. He's not about to go work with him. the whole thing. See, this isn't like Green Lantern, the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern, where Sinestro's a good guy, Sinestro's a good guy, Sinestro's a good guy. And then the post credit scene, ooh, yellow ring, I'm evil, right? This isn't like that. The thing with with um, with Mordo is that he has such a strong ethical code that you break the rules too much. You're going against our code, our rules. Therefore, too many sorcerers breaking the rules of nature and all that kind of stuff. Y'all got to go. So he's not teaming up with Dormammu. There's that. But 
him appearing is definitely a possibility because there are connected dots there, right? We know this is part of story that's going to be connected to Doctor Strange 2. We know Chiwetel Edgy 4 is going to be in Doctor Strange 2. So that is a possibility. Likely, maybe not, but it's a possibility. All right, what's next? Coming from Anonymous, Mr. Campia, we speak the same language. Good to know, man. Thank you for sharing that. All right, what's next? Termite 30 says, since it's proven that good comic films can make truckloads, I think eventually a studio other than Disney or Warner will seek to purchase a comic publisher in order to compete. What studio is mo most likely to attempt this and which publisher? Well, we've already seen some movement on that, right? Like we just saw Bloodshot and they're talking about an entire cinematic universe. I, I believe that's Image, if I remember correctly. Uh, they're talking about an entire cinematic universe based around that. Here's the problem they're going to face. None of these properties, like Bloodshot, are household names. You know, you want to talk Batman, you want to talk Wonder Woman, you want to talk Superman, you want to talk Captain America, you want to talk about the Hulk, you want to talk about, you know, the Flash, you want to talk about, like, these are all household names that you mention them and everybody in the room, they may not know a lot about them, everybody in the room knows the names. And everybody know in the room knows basically who you're talking about. With image and and other uh, and other titles, that's something that they're starting way behind on. So like Bloodshot comes out, there's a lot of the average movie going public didn't even realize that was a comic book movie. They knew it was a superhero movie of some type, but something they've never even heard of before. And it did well. Look, I'm a big Vin Diesel fan. Actually, mark that I'm a huge Vin Diesel fan. I think the dude is awesome, but. That was not his best effort. You know, Bloodshot was not his best movie. And that's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. But yes, other studios are looking at doing exactly what you're suggesting, Termite. They are. And it's already happening. Question is, can they overcome that big hump where like Marvel and DC have these who's who of household names that they can draw on and then build in their lesser known names like Guardians of the Galaxy and what have you? Whereas you are literally starting from scratch when you're doing it with other characters. So we'll see. We'll see how that all kind of transpires. It would be great if they can succeed, though, because then we'll have another player in the game. All right. What's next? Lady MO5 says, I love Wanda. I do. Does it make me a bad person to look forward to the show about cute boys making jokes and fighting crime? <laughs> Wanda is starting to give me a headache. Please tell me that Falcon is going to be more straightforward. I still love Wanda. That's why we have different types of entertainment. That's for all. It's like you want your headier, you know, mystery, multiple plot lines running, trying to figure them out. And then we want our lighter, like for me, something like that was supernatural. Just get together with Sam and Dean Winchester and they're hunting down the monster of the week and having quick, you know, dialogue between the two of them. Ate it up, loved it. You got to have those different types of shows. And yes, I do think Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to be a, a little bit more traditional mm -hmm. comic book buddy cop. Yeah. Straight. Now they're, they're going to have their twists and turns. You know, we yeah. got Zemo in there. We got agent Carter and all that kind of stuff. But I do think it's going to be a little bit more traditional straightforward. What are you expecting out of that? This is uh WandaVision is mystery driven. I think uh Falcon winter soldier is going to be camaraderie driven. It's going to mm. be the comedy. It's going to be the buddy cop. Um, I don't think we're going to be watching Falcon and winter soldier saying, 
who do you think they'll bring next week? I think we're going to be saying, did you hear what he said? It was so hilarious. Wasn't that cute when they did this and this? Or, oh, did you see that girl? We're not going to be saying, who's the guy? I don't think it's going to be a whodunit like uh, like WandaVision is. Yeah. My, I was asking my, my wife, what do you think is going to happen in WandaVision? Her big thing is, she goes, they kiss? And I'm like, well, no, I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? You never know. All right. What's next? Brian Walmer says, with WandaVision as of late, folks have been speculating that Wanda has split personality, similar to Gollum in Lord of the Rings. This may explain her change in tone in the series as of recently. Do you believe that is true? Screen Crush was the first to say this. <laughs> no, Screen Crush. And by the way, I like Screen Crush, by the way. The Screen Crush was not the first to say that. That is that that has been like the talk amongst around a lot of people, even before episode one came out. Like when we understood there's this 50 things. A lot of people started with the idea that there's either literally a split personality or just some sort of disorder. I don't think so. Like too many times you see Wanda just choosing to go, oh, we're this. And then she sees Beekeeper. Okay, just no. Right. And, you know, Billy comes up. Oh, okay, Billy, what is it? Dad's in trouble. Seeing Dad's in trouble. Okay. And expand the thing. I don't look. This is clearly a woman in trauma. This is clearly a woman who is broken. Are there mental health issues here? Absolutely. Do I think we are in a, a my own worst enemy scenario where there are literally two different Wanda's in her head? One controls it some of the time. The other controls it the other time. No, I don't think so. Uh, but then again, you never know. Maybe they say the loss of vision caused such a fracture in her mind that, you know, uh, augmented by her powers, literally created a dual personality. But I, I haven't seen actually everything I've seen in the show so far points away from that. So I'm going to guess no, but that's just a guess. All right. What's next? Owen Rhodes says, with Daredevil rumored to be in Spider-Man 3, how do you think he will fit into the story overall? Or is it just a cameo to then lead to She-Hulk? Here's the thing. I, I don't buy that rumor right now. I mean, it could become fact. We'll find out. We'll find out eventually. But right now, I don't even think that's true. And so for me to speculate on how does he then fit in when it's not even something that I think is actually going to happen, it's like it's like asking me, hey, John, um, I don't know. What what can I say here? Um, I heard a rumor that Luke Cage from the Marvel Cinematic Universe just became a real boy in real life. Which NFL team do you think he should play for? Like, well, first of all, I don't even believe that Luke Cage Damn. became a real man in real life. <laughs> is, that, is that a problem? Uh, I, I don't even think that's the case. So there's no point in even speculating on that. I, I don't believe that the Daredevil thing is... Is real, but again, maybe it is, and if so, one of the real trades will report on it when it when it is they're ready to do so, and then we can talk about it. But for now, uh, it's not even worth talking, unless you'd like me to elaborate more on Mike and and you know Luke Cage and all that kind of stuff. I'll tell you what. Listen, I am as boringly heterosexual as they come. I would not turn down a hug from that man. That's a handsome, handsome that is dude. A handsome. He's man. a handsome man, yes. and he was in. Um, then he played the dick boyfriend. In one of my most surprisingly brilliant comedies, uh, Girls Trip, uh, which is. Oh, was that? Him? Yeah, he's the dick boyfriend that oh, she ends up dumping at the end. Oh, that was a good movie. I, that my, was my wife and I went movie. to go see that movie, thought, you know what? We want, to, we want to see something. We live like a 10 minute walk from the AMC Burbank 16. And we're like, oh, well, I don't know. Let's go see Girls Trip. It didn't look all that great. I had never even heard of, of Tiffany Haddish before. She was great. But we're like, oh, okay, let's let's go see this. And we were in a half full theater. Laughed till I cried. And like a half full theater on like a, a Thursday night, 
with strangers everywhere. <laughs> Everybody in that theater was laughing so hard, so hard. <laughs> that strangers started looking at each other and going, going can you believe like these, these girls sit beside me and my can you believe they just did that? And the whole thing about what was it? The what was the fruit? The, the I can't, grapefruit? The grape or yeah. was it grape? Oh yeah, yeah you get oh my God. <laughs> Tiffany Haddish became a household name she for Anna and I after that. So funny in that. But yeah, and Jada and Jada Pickett is so day. good in that and but but yeah, he was the dick boyfriend in that. Oh. So there you go. All right, what's next? War Doctor Ten says hi, John. Over under thirty percent that if nominated, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany can win Best Actor and Actress it, at the Emmys. It's it's impossible. We haven't seen all the performances that'll be going into the next Emmys. Like it's it's like watching. Um, I don't know, a golfer, and he, he plays a round. Okay, what are the chances that he's going to win? Well, we got to see the other golfers play first. We got to see what they're going to do on this course. So it's it's impossible to say. There are, are they great? Are Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany great in this series? Absolutely. But to win an Oscar or to win an Emmy, being great isn't good enough. Right. And it's not just are you great? It's how are you and compared to the others that are in competition against you that year? It's all that. It's all relational. And so until we see those other performances, it's absolutely impossible to say. You don't, you know, give award merit badges just because, oh, you did really good. Here's a merit badge. No, it's did you do outstanding in comparison to the other people you were competing against? And until we see what the other people are that they're competing against, it's kind of impossible to say, but listen, Paul Bettany, Elizabeth Olsen have been fantastic so far. All right. What's next? Brian Walmer says, I don't know if anyone thought of this, but what if Hayward is connected to General Ross? It would explain his actions towards Wanda, similar to Ross's actions towards Hulk. I mean, with the way WandaVision is going, it would not surprise me if this is true. Well, I mean, there's no reason in the MCU to not think they have a connection. Like Ross is like, what was it? They say he's the secretary of state. I think they said he's the secretary of state. I don't think he was the secretary of defense. Hmm. I think they I said remember. he was secretary of state. Anyway, um, you know what? Let me look that up here quick. Um, let me see here. Uh, uh, Thunderbolt Ross, secretary of, yeah, it was secretary of state. He's a secretary of state in it. So if he's kind of overseeing the Avengers, you have to, I would assume that at some point he would probably also have some kind of connection to sword, depending on how sword was organized. So true. So, I, I mean, I don't know that that's the way their connection works, but I'm going to say there's no reason to think that they wouldn't know each other or have some sort of connection. Um, They're overseers, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like, there's gotta be different divisions. Like, you know, this division is overseeing, you know, exactly. Avengers. This division is overseeing, you know, what have you. Or so depending on how the Sokovia Accords are, are run and, and what, what sort of authority does Ross have over, and if they connect the whole sword thing with the metahuman thing, maybe. Mm -hmm. But uh, it does sort of seem that maybe not to as an extreme as Ross, but it, because, you know, Ross works with the Avengers. He may say things they don't like to hear, but Ross works with the Avengers. So it might be something that we'll see. We'll find out. But I, I do believe it's safe to think that they probably know each other, Brian. They probably know each other. All right. What's next? Jerry Spencer says, hey, John, although Rocket Raccoon would be amazing to show up in WandaVision, I think it's very unlikely given Monica just came back from the snap like four weeks ago and has no idea who the Guardians are. What if she knows a, a human Hank McCoy? Stay filthy. 
Um, that's not a see that to me is the best point. See, so when we brought up the rocket raccoon thing, I had two objections thrown at me. Objection number one: at the end of Endgame, Rocket goes off world. That's true, but who's to say they weren't back two days later? Who's to say they weren't going back and forth? Who's to say that, right? So that's kind of a non-issue to me. It's a non-issue. The other one, though, is the bigger issue. She's only been back for a few weeks, and she was gone in the snap. And the Guardians of the Galaxy only came into play, really, in uh, Infinity War, like with, with people on anybody from Earth knowing of their existence, really. That's the bigger problem. So could Monica Rambeau, after coming back from the snap, maybe have been visited by Captain Marvel, maybe introduced to a rocket raccoon and some other people, her and Captain Marvel having some sort of falling out over the death of her mother, separating out, but she still has a connection with, with rocket. That's a lot of stretching. Look, e even I think that's a lot of stretching. So, but I, I also think any character we come up with is a bit of a stretch, right? So I think Rocket is as possible as anybody else, but not necessarily more possible than anybody else. So that's kind of my thought on that. And that's a very good thing to bring up, Jerry. That's a very, very good thing to bring up. All right. What is next? Anonymous says, with Snyder's Justice League trailer out, it looks like it will make up for how the original Justice League turned out. Also, there is a report that at the same time it arrives on HBO Max, it's getting a release in theaters with intermissions. Is this a good move for them? Well, I mean, first of all, this whole thing about it making up for the original Justice League, don't forget this. And this is a tough pill for some people to swallow. But this is just a good way to keep expectations in check. Uh, Zack Snyder directed Batman versus Superman. Mm -hmm. The theatrical version of Justice League has higher critic ratings than Batman versus Superman and higher audience ratings than Batman versus Superman. Hmm. So this whole notion, well, he's doing Justice League yeah. and it's going to be so much more superior than, than the theatrical version. Mm -hmm. It might be. It might be. I mean, if he can deliver another Man of Steel, poof. But uh, again, saying he had just done Batman versus Superman and the theatrical version of Justice League had higher critic ratings and higher audience ratings. Mm. Is it really going to turn that much of a corner? Maybe. Maybe. Let's keep our eyes on that. As far as it being released in theaters, yeah, there's going to be some territories, as far as I understand, that do not have HBO Max that they're going to put out in limited in theatrical places. So if you live somewhere where there is no HBO Max, I think they're going to be putting it out in theaters. It might even be getting a limited North American release, depending on you know where theaters are open. So it could be that. I love the idea of an intermission. You guys know me. I think movies three hours or longer should have a seven to 10 minute intermission. I think that'll help the movie watching experience greatly. Less people checking their phone, less people getting up and down to go get food, gives you a, a built-in bathroom break all that kind of stuff. So I think that's a good idea. So we'll see where that goes. All right. What is next? Mike says, I think we're looking at the Garfield Maguire situation wrong. I don't think they will be in Hollander Spider-Man 3 with new material. What if they aren't filming new scenes? They can show clips from their respective movies and still be credited. I mean, that's, that's, that's possible, Point. I suppose. But here would be my question. What's the point of that? I mean, you are absolutely right, Mike. That is a possibility. That is a possibility. But again, I don't know what the purpose of that is. People would want to see 
them now. Uh, All the rumors are based around they have been in talks to do this. That some people have spotted them in Atlanta where they're shooting this thing. And so all of that, it just makes me, I I just don't know what the point would be to show, show old footage, you know? I mean, I guess you could say that that symbolizes the creation of the multiverse, but but wouldn't it be way more effective if that's what they're doing? And we don't know that's what they're doing. But if it's what they're doing, wouldn't it be way more effective to actually have the actors show up in character than just, ooh, look, visions around me of these old movies? I just don't know it would have the same effect. I mean, maybe it would. I don't feel like it would. But maybe they're not going for something that big on that. I, I mean, I don't know. You know what, Mike? It's a possibility that I can't discount. So maybe, just maybe. All right. What's next? Call Me Kate says, don't remember if this has been brought up before, but if you look, the missile Hayward sends in, it's a Stark Industries missile mirroring her parents' death. Her kids were the same age that she was when her parents died that way, too. So dark. I did not know. Did you? I didn't realize. I know. I didn't. Um, I didn't look at it. I didn't. I don't remember I didn't seeing catch that. the missile. Remember, I didn't catch a missile. Um, the does she mean the. Yeah, yeah. See, the drone. There were two. There were two. Were there two? Oh, there were two drones. Remember when Monica first got to the wall and didn't it? Well, um, no, remember they sent in a ton of drones. Remember they were continuously sending in drones. Oh, okay. And that's why Darcy said, what kind of information has you been getting in the back? Got but it. But then there was this drone. Oh. Uh, we, I don't think we ever did see the missile. We never saw the missile, I don't think. Interesting. Now, whether the drone was Stark or not, that would make sense. Because remember, they said they were sending in 80s tech. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah. And so at so that time, Stark Industries was still building military stuff. Yes. So maybe, maybe I think she was pissed because they shot a missile at her. I don't think she was so pissed because they sent a Stark Industries. <laughs> don't. Stop shooting I'm me. more along the lines of, hey, my kids are standing here and y'all just shot a missile at me. That's probably what's pissing her off more than traumatic flashback. That's my guess. Call me, Kates. That's my guess. All right. What's next? Devin A. says, a lot of speculating that mutants will come out of WandaVision. If so, I hope they don't just poof appear out of nowhere. I heard Rob say that that would shortchange them, and I agree. If something, I'd rather them come out of the multiverse somehow, if at all, right now. I still don't think they're doing anything with bringing in mutants. Like, yeah, look, again, I'll say, I said it before, I'll say it again. Number one, is it possible they use WandaVision to bring in mutants? Yes, it is possible. This is Kevin Feige. He absolutely could. But again, we do this song and dance every new MCU movie or show that has come out ever since the Fox acquisition was announced. Every When there's a new movie or show coming out, everybody theorizes, this is where Wolverine's going to show up. This is where the X-Men are coming. Mutants are going to show up here and this is how they're going to do it. And then, of course, the movie comes and goes and it doesn't. I still remember, I don't know if, if you knew about this, hmm. but when Infinity War was coming out, there was an image that came out of Thanos. And Thanos has that scar across his face. Yes. With the yeah. three things, yeah, right? Yeah. The number of headlines I read that were Uh-oh. image confirms Wolverine, Wolverine is going to be in this. It confirmed X-Men showing up. 
because I remember that. Right? I mean, and, yeah. And, and we've had it in everything ever since. Oh, this is the one they're going. Okay, you know what? In Infinity, the Infinity Stones is going to cause mutations there. Okay, it didn't happen. All right, Endgame. All right, Endgame. Yeah, the snap and all that kind of stuff going to cause some mutations. Going to bring in mutants. Didn't happen. Okay, yeah. now in Spider Man. Now that everybody's back, they're going to realize start mutations have started happening since after the snap. Everybody snapped it, and it didn't happen. <laughs> and like everything since it since then, everybody's had theories that this is what causes mutations. Now the difference admittedly here hmm. is we are actually talking about a character yeah. who has traditionally been an X-Men character in Wanda Maximoff, right? So that's why I go, it could, could still happen. It could still yeah. happen. But I, right now, Kimberly, I do not believe that this is going to in any way, shape or form start the beginning of mutants or having mutants appear. I don't think mutants are going to play a part here. I don't know. Where are you on that right now? I have a very strong feeling that if, if the mutants aren't going to appear directly, um, it's going to be one of those things where one of the characters from WandaVision down the line is going to be tied into X-Men. I don't think that WandaVision doesn't have anything at all, completely at all to do with mutants. I think if they're not like, busting the present open like ride open like opening the floodgates there is going to be a character a connection or so at the end someone might say you know gosh this was crazy we really need to look into mm. enhanced humans dun, 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 credits roll and then you know that person might head up a division of whatever whatever company i think there's definitely going to be a connection if they don't just open the doors wide open. But I, I absolutely don't think they would waste an opportunity with everything that's going on to not connect it somehow. And it would make sense because this situation is um, making them, you know, see sword or, or whoever, how, how somebody explained to me how she has this much power. We, we need to stop and look into this and because the Avengers, you get it, but she's a little bit different than the Avengers. I feel, I, I think, mm. Possibly. I don't know. Here's, here's the catch with that's all how that, I feel. though. That's how I feel. Remember, what's the foundational thing about X-Men? It's this. Mutants come from natural evolution. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the right. whole point, right? Down and, to the cellular level. Right. Yeah. And that's where, that's where Stan Lee would talk about, like, the presentations and the positions of Charles Xavier and Magneto are meant to be representative of uh, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and the different philosophies mm. and that they are seen as supposed to be uh, an allegory of that, that these are people who have just evolved. Mm. This is they are, This is the natural evolution. This is the next step. Unlike in Wanda, they didn't volunteer for and exactly um, an experiment. Unlike an event mm -hmm. yeah. that now all, all mutants are victims point. of an event that happened that that unnaturally made them all this way. Whereas mm. the whole point of X-Men is that mutants are like everybody else. This is how we were born. Yeah. This is what we are. We're a little bit different from you. You're a little bit different from us, but this is natural evolution. And for them to go, well, Wanda snaps her fingers and everybody becomes a victim. Yeah. They become a victim of that. And so will they go that way? Possibly, or it could be Maybe. a, a suppressed gene, a suppressed yeah, gene they've yeah. always had, and she and does something to wake it? it up, and all of a sudden. But then another viewer wrote, you know? in, then doesn't that make that the Inhumans' Terrigen gas? 
Because that was the whole thing with the, the Inhumans, right? Like all these human beings were were actually kind of sleeper in humans and they just needed the Terrigen just gas. something to happen and then, that up. Yeah, so uh, wouldn't that just be kind of carbon copying that? Yeah. Not that Inhumans aren't already kind of a carbon copy of what mutants are supposed to yeah. be. I don't know. It gets, it gets crazy, Kimberly. It gets crazy. All right, let's so take deep. one more question today. This is coming from Jesse. I believe the James Gunn and Gina Carano situations are different. I think the reason James Gunn got rehired and Gina Carano won't is because they trust James Gunn enough to bring him back, whereas Gina has proven she can't be trusted the same. I listen, I still like to believe, despite all the crap talking Gina Carano's been doing, I still like to believe that there is a chance that a year from now, that, you know, bridges can be mended, fences can be mended, relationships can be restored, and we could get, surprise, Cardoon is back in the Star Wars. Maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. You're right. They are two different situations. With James Gunn, they had happened seven to ten years in the past. He had completely, obviously, changed his behavior. He changed his behavior on his own volition. He never got in trouble. He's just like, you know what? I can't act like that. Like years earlier, he said, I can't act like that anymore. I'm changing the way I conduct myself. And then he went, like eight years being a totally different person those things got dug up and they fired him immediately without any warning gina crono is a different situation yeah. it was a situation of current ongoing things that happened again and again and again and again uh by the way nowadays she's saying um that she uh uh, that she wasn't given any warning from I every, saw that. Yeah, from everything that from everything I've been shown and informed of, that is just not true. Uh, but hey, whatever. Um, not to mention they pulled her off of like publicity one year because they 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 were just nervous that she couldn't not embarrass them. So mm. don't tell me you didn't have some indication that Disney wasn't really. But at, at any That's rate, tough. Yeah. so they are different situations. They're completely different situations. I still believe that as rational adults and human beings, I believe Gina Carano and I believe Disney and maybe it takes a year, whatever. I believe it still can happen. I believe it can. I'm not saying I believe it will, but I got to believe it can. And, and yes, you're absolutely right, Jesse. They are two different situations, but that doesn't mean just because they're two different situations that they can't have similar outcomes. And maybe I'm just naively optimistic but I'm going to, you know, still sit back and hope for the best. Not because I'm cheering for Gina or cheering for Disney or whatever, but just because it's always great when broken relationships can be mended. And uh, that's why I loved when I saw James Gunn got rehired. And hopefully that's how we'll all feel if Gina Carano gets rehired at some point. So that's my thoughts on that at any rate. Okay, guys, listen. Uh, there are still outstanding questions here. Questions from Ian McAllister and Alex Phillips and Connor M and others. Don't worry, guys. When we get going on the John Campy Show tomorrow, we're going to start off with your questions and we'll get through yours right off the top when we get into the live questions part of the show. But for now, that'll do it for this installment of the companion video, guys. Thank you so much for being here, guys, and spending some of your time with us. Special thank you to all you guys who did send in those questions. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did. And all of us here involved with the channel, thank you guys very much for your support. Of course, I want to thank Kimberly Curran for joining us here today. Great job again today, Kimberly. Where can people follow you and all your goodness online? Yeah, you guys can follow me on Instagram on wasgoodkimberly. It's spelled W-U-Z-K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y. 
And of course, you guys can just follow me on my various social media outlets, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, just at John Campia. All right, guys, that'll do it for me. Remember, do the four main things. Stay smart, stay safe, take care of yourselves. Please take care of the people around you. That'll do it for me for now. Thanks a lot for being here, guys. My name's John Campia. And until next time, my friends, bye-bye.